3-2 coming. And a fly ball out to right, chasing Conforto back. Out of the track at the wall, it's out of here! Marcelo Zuna ties the game with an opposite field home run with the Braves down to their final strike. Ozuna's first home run as a Brave, and they've tied it up 2-2 two two in the ninth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. I'm Tim Ryder. Back with me is Jacob Resnick. Uh, if you hear the dejection in my voice, it's because we're uh, in the seventh inning of a currently 12-1 to uh, game between the Mets and the Braves on ESPN, no less, and uh, Chipper's in the booth. And as much as we respected Chipper as a player, hated him at times, but um, listening to him do a, uh, a full game on national broadcast is uh, is kind of brutal. So excuses if we're not our, uh, our regular jovial selves. What's happening, Jacob? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, uh, I share your dejection. Uh, it took me <laughs> it took me uh, a couple minutes and, and a few tries of, of stopping and starting the DVR, but I was able to get the uh, the radio and, and Howie and Wayne uh, synced up with the, the TV pretty pretty closely. So uh, I have not been uh, been listening to Chipper Jones all night, but I can I can imagine uh, how brutal brutal it, uh, it could be because the uh, the bar for a good ESPN broadcast is uh, extremely extremely low. Um, but yeah, what, what what a game we're watching right now! Uh, Twelve to one. Um, <laughs> Rick Porcello's Mets debut went. I don't want to say uh, wor- worse than we expected because I I, I think we expre- expected. Uh, pretty poorly, but um, yeah, not not great uh, from from the Mets' new number three starter. So uh, yeah, lots to lots to be excited about for sure. Yeah, um, a weekend that started fairly strong. I mean, Jacob Degrom on opening day uh, was just he was on another planet. He was in another gear, on another level. However, whatever. Uh, whatever phrase you want to use. He was just, um, he was out of this world. He, he was uh, toying with guys. Uh, I'm sure everyone saw the clip of him uh, throwing. It, it looked like a two-seamer that just barely caught the inside black against Freddie Freeman. And Freeman like stepped out of the box, looked at him, and he actually got Jacob to smile, uh, to smile and like laugh on the mound. Just, uh, you know, he could do whatever he wants with his pitches right now. And it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's a joy to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was what we expected, what we knew we were going to get from him. Um, I mean, it, we we had that little bit of a scare at the at the end of camp with with his back that had tightened up, but um, you know that it, it sounded like that was something where if it had happened during during the regular season, he would have just kept pushing through it, uh, and he showed he was fine. And I think the fact that uh, he pitched as well as he did with, uh, I mean, I don't remember what his exact pitch count was, but it was, it was nowhere near uh, where he would be if he was fully stretched out. So, um, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that there's, there's plenty more, more in the tank there. And, you know, it's always, it's always comforting when you have someone, uh, well, you don't always have someone of his talent, but when, when your ace takes the mound for the first start of a new season, it's, it's nice to know that, uh, that he hasn't lost anything over, over the break. So, um, you know, we, we, we got what we expected. Um, <laughs> the bats were, were very quiet again against Mike Soroka. Um, I know he's, uh, 
he's a uh, a popular pick for a, a breakout candidate, and he he uh, really really held, held the Mets quiet. Um, and <laughs> once they were able to get him out of the game, it was uh, it was Yoannis Cespedes who who broke out and uh, <laughs> showed us that he he still has something left in the tank. And uh, I, I wrote for, uh, on Mets for us the next morning that um, you know we we might not see that. On a on a consistent level, um, I mean, we haven't seen it since then. Uh, but just just to know that that Yoannis still has the capabilities to do the things that he did uh, when he was fully healthy, uh, certainly certainly a positive sign. So um, that combined with the bullpen on on Friday, um, good signs all around. Yeah, no, I think um, that was like, oh my god, baseball's back. That was the moment when Cespedes absolutely tanked that ball. Uh, the sound, uh, I know I said, I said it on Twitter, the sound of the, the bat on the ball in an empty stadium is just, it's acoustics porn. It, it's it's outstanding. Um, and speaking of which, Albies just hit an absolute bomb to dead center. Braves are up 14 to 1 now. We're going to stop paying attention. We're going to stop paying attention to that. Um, uh, Brandon Immel, um, another guy who, who his bat kind of looked live on, on Friday on opening day. Uh, I was encouraged there, very encouraged by the bullpen uh, between Lugo, Justin Wilson, and Edwin Diaz on opening day. We'll get to Saturday in a second, but um, very impressed. Um, Lugo was allowing some hard contact, but got the job done. We'll take that. Justin Wilson was blowing 96 past Acuna. Um, we'll take that any day of the week. Acuna's looked a little, um, I guess, a, a slow starter. Uh, historically, but he's looked a little off so far. But uh, so is Pete Alonso. So this could be a just kind of hitters getting their timing phase in this uh, very strange season. And Edwin Diaz, he he looked confident out there on opening day and and really worked well. But um, <laughs> it takes us to Saturday, and it started off so nicely. Uh, Steven Matz um, looked like a number two starter. I had a story out on Metzmerized on Sunday morning um, saying as much. And, you know, if he can really hold that position down, um, it, it could bode well for if and when Stroman returns healthy, which hopefully is sooner rather than later. But uh, Matz looked like a front front, you know, a front end guy. Um, he, he was he, he overpowered or kept Atlanta's hitters guessing. And that's that's a that's a very, very talented lineup. And uh as we saw from from Rick Porcello on Sunday night, you know, a, a couple of missed spots and uh, you're in a lot of trouble with this team. So uh, I was very encouraged by Matt's on Saturday. What did you see there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you said overpowered and he didn't necessarily overpower the Braves, but he overpowered what we're used to seeing from him, if that makes sense. When we're talking about velocity, uh, we, we had heard uh, towards the end of camp from, from Luis Rojas that, uh, Matt's was throwing harder, but we didn't know an exact number. <laughs> he just kind of said mid to upper 90s, which is uh, leaves a lot to be uh, desired uh, and, and imagined. Um, but he came out throwing 96 in the first inning. It's not really something we're used to seeing from him. Uh, seen a little bit of that when he first came came up to the majors in, in 2015, a little bit in 2016, but uh, he's been a heavy uh, 92, 93 guy. Uh, over the last few years, uh, and he did not throw a fastball the entire game below his 2019 average, which was 93.3 miles an hour. So everything was uh, about 93.8 and above, uh, and he was able to maintain it 
throughout the game pretty well, which I, I was impressed by. So uh, between that, his changeup looked really good. His slider, he used that. Uh, um, I, no, was it his slider? I think it was his, it was his curveball. Excuse his me. Curve, his curveball. Yeah, slider. He's right. only like two, like two sliders. Right, right. right. He, Surprised. He, he scrapped the slider pretty much. Uh, the changeup had some interesting slider-like movement. Uh, it did. Yeah, it had, it had a some, screwball movement. That was awesome. Right. There was a lot of side spin on it. it looked very good. There was that one uh, swinging strike he got on uh, on uh, Freddie Freeman early on, uh, which I, I thought it was a slider originally. Then I had to check, and and it was a changeup. So um, def- definitely encouraging. And you know, he gave up the, the home run to Duvall, uh, which. Went right off Willow McNeil's cardboard cutout, which I, <laughs> I, I don't know what the odds are uh, of that happening, but they uh, couldn't have been uh, couldn't have been uh, short by by any means. But uh, <laughs> my 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 youngest daughter was cracking up, like hysterically laughing. She's like, "It hit the dog in the face." She she did not stop laughing for a solid five minutes. And the fact that they weren't there on opening day and had just been put in to the seats right before that second game. Uh, yeah, kind of crazy, uh, but, but j- just the fact that that Mats was able to settle down after after the homer, we we'd seen that plenty last year. He give up you know one or two extra base hits, and and that was you know that was it for him. Uh, everything would just unravel. So definitely felt like he had his confidence up. Um, I, was it you who had tweeted that that he had the lettuce going flowing out of his uh, his cap? I did. That was me, and I thought that was yeah. a good sign. Yeah, he got, he's got the the hair flow going, so uh, you know it, it's worked for for Syndergaard and Degrom in the past. So uh, we'll we'll keep tabs on that. But uh, yeah, just uh, just a very encouraging outing uh, for Mats, who, who's going to be the number two as long as uh, Stroman is on the shelf. And who knows when when Stroman c- comes back, he he might not even be the guy who, who's relied on the day after Degrom. Uh, if if Mats can show that he's uh, you know able to to be consistent uh, in performing like he did on on Saturday, well, I think he hit it on the nose. I think it's all about confidence with Mats, and we've seen it in the past. Like you mentioned, um, he gets in a little bit of trouble and gets a little flustered, but really, just um, the confidence level, like you were saying, with the velocity. Uh, I'm curious to see whether that was a like a biomechanics adjustment from the Cardo Hefner uh, uh, pitching staff, pitching coach staff. But, um, yeah, I, very just, you know, very encouraging. I know we've all seen the flashes from, from Matt's in the past, but we've also seen, I guess, the inconsistency. Uh, you know, yesterday, again, it was only one start, but that's a really good team. And he pitched very well, and he pitched with a, uh, with a Mickey Calloway special with conviction. <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was very fun to watch. It was rewarding as, as a Stephen Matt's fan. It was rewarding to see him do well. But um, I, I, w- I to agree with you, I wouldn't be surprised if they move, um, if they slide Stroman behind Match just to kind of go righty lefty righty, or uh, kind of solidify the uh, the middle of the rotation because on Sunday night Rick Porcello did not look good. No, not at all. Um, just you know the velo was around ninety, and the you know the fastball was was pretty flat, and and he was missing his spots, missing over the plate, and. Uh, the Braves have a lot of very good hitters in their lineup, and um, they're even the the not as great ones are going to take advantage of of a pitcher of his caliber. Um, and you know, at, from from one perspective, you know, you can't 
blame him too much because he wasn't bring, being brought into this organization to be the the you know number three starter uh, for this team. But at the same time, he's a veteran pitcher who has to adjust to the situation, um, and he has to be able to kind of gather himself and and not not or you know at least keep the the team in the game uh, uh, somewhat. So. Uh, I, I don't think there was any anything encouraging at all for, from this outing. Um, and, you know, it's not like he's, uh, you know, a, a guy with uh, a couple years of service time who's just going to go up and down. You could option him, option him, send him to the alternate site. Um, he's a veteran who's guaranteed quite a, quite a bit of money, and he's going to be in this rotation for, for the long haul. So uh, they're going to have to figure out a way to make sure that that uh, you know he doesn't have more of these outings, and you know normally I, I don't think I would be this uh, this uh, hopeless about about one start, particularly a first start. But I mean this is <laughs> we're, this is a sixty game season. Uh, he's going to have uh, maybe ten or eleven more of these opportunities, um, so we, we they they can't be uh, <laughs> just kind of le- letting it go letting it go loose and, and hope hope that he's going to correct things. Uh, because time is time is uh, certainly ticking. Oh, for sure. And um, like you said, this is only a sixty-game season. So um, as we're watching this, it's fourteen to one. Safe to say, the Mets are going to lose this one. Um, that's the equivalent of like a five-game losing streak in a regular season. So uh, this is, um, you know, every game really, really, really counts. But I'm going to take it back to Saturday for a second because that's. Things kind of went awry after Matt's left uh, after six very very strong innings like we just said. Familia took the ball looked very good again. Batantis made his debut looked excellent. Um, that curveball was just falling right off the table. He really uh, uh, a lot a lot of upside there. He's got a lot to prove. It appears um, very very exciting. Justin Wilson came in to get an out to finish the inning because again with the three batter rule. Uh, but that worked out well, and and really just um, Edwin Diaz. We'll, we'll stop on him for a second. <laughs> I didn't know how to segue him, but we'll just throw him out there. Edwin there, Diaz. There, there's no easy way to do it. You know what? And I, I was one of the few who was defending him. I know there was a, there was a handful of us defending him on Twitter, but you know, from our perspective, he hit his spot on Friday. He threw Ozuna the same, pretty much the same exact pitch with two strikes, and Ozuna watched it. Could he have went to the slider instead of throwing an outside fastball? Um, sure. His slider was absolutely cooking on Saturday. It wouldn't have been a terrible choice, but that's the choice that he made. Um, he hit his spot. But, but o- actually, can I? Just, I just want to interject there. If we're talking please, about, please, please. if we're talking about pitch calling, um, <laughs> I mean, who who are we? placing the blame on here. Um, you know, I, I'm not uh, going to completely call out and, and disrespect Wilson Ramos and his abilities as a, as a pitch caller. Um, but, you know, I don't know if, if Edwin Diaz is, is shaking off Wilson Ramos. I, I mean, <laughs> especially Diaz coming off a season where he proved that he's, um, you know, or last year when he struggled, he's, he's kind of, um, still looking to get that confidence back. I don't know if he has the confidence to shake off his, his veteran catcher uh, right now. Um, but I mean, there, ha- there has to be some level of responsibility for, uh, for the catcher to know that th- this guy looked at that pitch 
the night before and and he's probably going to be looking for it again i mean it's not like ozuna's a rookie he's been around quite a while um so you know that that has to certainly be taken into consideration oh definitely and um you know whoever may i think it's a group effort we'll we'll kind of put responsibility on everybody there and it could have been the pitching coaches could have been rojas who was calling in uh shots from the dugout we've seen that happen here before but um, but yeah, they they have to really take that stuff into account. Like like you said, Ozuna's an accomplished hitter. Um, he will go the other way. Um, I don't think anyone expected it to be a home run, but I, I mean, you know, you got to take that as it comes. Um, so the Mets lose the lead uh, with a strike, pretty much a strike away, and you know we've seen this movie before. So we head into the tenth. And, uh, you know, welcome to 2020. We get a, a ghost runner on second base to start the inning. Now, the Braves, of course, as we all saw, took advantage of that and really beat up on Hunter Strickland. Um, I think Drew Smith came in and uh, and cleaned up that mess. And, and he actually looked pretty good. But, um, Jacob, what are your thoughts on, on the ghost runner? And I know we pretty much all hate it, but um, is there any positive to salvage out of this? Well, uh, I guess I'm going to say that I am kind of enjoying it so far. And really, as I, as I say that, um, <laughs> well, obviously, after watching its first appearance in a Mets game, I can see why Mets fans are uh, anti, <laughs> you know, automatic runner on, on second base. Uh, I can certainly understand that. Um I, I just think it, it spices things up, makes things interesting. Um, you know, I, I watched the uh, Angels-A's game, which was the, uh, the last game still going on, on opening night. Um, went to the 10th, and uh, it just kind of cre- created a, an interesting situation. I mean, the, the Angels started out in the, uh, in the top of the inning show. Otani was on second base, and it's a sharp ground ball hit to first base and Matt Olson made a terrific defensive. Actually, it was both Matt Olson and Matt Chapman at third. Olson scooped it and then threw it over to Chapman, uh, who also scooped uh, the throw out, out of the dirt. And, uh, they caught Otani in a rundown. So um, we saw great de- defensive plays by infielders. Uh, then in the, in the bottom of the inning, um, Joe Madden ended up having to, to use uh, five infielders for for uh for a batter before obviously uh uh Olsen hit a walk-off grand slam crushed um, that thing oh he crushed, crushed that I, oh, and, my yeah goodness. it was demolished into the uh <laughs> northern california night uh oh my god was, that was, was the sound the sound of that one was great yeah especially especially like you were saying in an, in an empty ballpark um yeah. oh well that, i guess they're used to that in oakland but you know, just just kind of these these weird situations where um, managers are having to think about the strategy of of you know how do I play my infield? Do I pinch run for for the guy at second base? Do we sacrifice bunt? Um, and the fact that both teams get the same exact opportunity, you know, it's it's kind of like the the college football overtime rule where um, you know both te- it's it's not real football in the sense that you're starting so close to the goal line, but, uh, you know, both teams are, are getting a shot at, uh, at scoring. So, um, you know, I, I just think it, it's creates the opportunity for fun. I, I mean, I can certainly understand how, you know, someone who's been watching baseball since, uh, you know, 1960, 
1967, 68, or, or however long some people have been watching baseball for, it's, it's not recognizable. Um, but at the same time, uh, I don't think there's anything uh, enjoyable about watching, uh, you know, the, the, the scraps of, of teams' bullpens kind of throwing back and forth in the, in the 14th or 15th inning of a game, uh, particularly between, uh, you know, if you'd say if you have two really bad teams going, going at it. Um, so, it, you know, it obviously came back to bite the Mets. Um, I, I was watching the, uh, the Rays Blue Jays on, uh, on Sunday. Um, they had, uh, an exciting, and you know, it, what we haven't seen really, we've had a, a few opportunities to look at it now. We haven't seen, uh, sack bunts and teams kind of playing it, playing it safe, you know, playing for the, the sacrifice fly because, uh, there's, there's a math element to it as well. And, and it's not as really as boring as, as people thought it was going to be. Um, we're seeing teams try to put the ball in play. The Blue Jays uh, stole third base successfully with the the place runner. Um, I I missed that. That's awesome. Yeah, it, actually, it was it was called out originally, and then there was a replay to overturn it. Um, so it, it was it was exciting. And then uh, Kevin Kiermaier hit a hit a walk off after that runner, the Blue Jays runner, scored in the top of the inning. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier hit a uh, two run walk off double on the bottom. So I think it's exciting. I, I don't know if they're going to keep it. I don't know if they should keep it. Uh, I, I'm going to take a wild guess and say that by the end of the year, um, some at least some people will have come around to it. Um, you know, I'm just trying to keep an open mind and 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 be be open to you know the experiments in in this non-normal season. You know, there it it's doesn't really make any sense to pretend like this is this is a normal season. So if you're gonna try out weird things like this and uh, the, the designated hitter in the National League, uh, the, the three batter minimum, stuff like that, um, you know, you might, you might as well. So that, that's, that's, that's kind of my, my view on it. Um, but obviously not, not pleased with the way it came back to bite the Mets. Well, you kind of put a shine on it for me. Um, I, you know, I, I, I tried to see the silver lining in it because the Mets almost, they almost came back. They had, Opportunities. They had the tying the winning run at the plate at one point uh, on Saturday. Um, you know they made that work for them. Jeff McNeil started on second. Marisnik, um singled. You know I, I, Pete Alonso finally put good uh, made made nice contact. Um, you know they had their opportunities to to kind of make things um, make things exciting. And sure, you know this is gonna things will turn back the Mets way and. Um, <laughs> It's just very. It, it's it like you said. It's just such a shock. It's a culture shock to see guys being placed on second to start an inning. Like it, I it almost crossed my mind yesterday to say, um, you know, let's just play you know one inning of extra uh, of one extra inning and end the game in a tie. <laughs> I, I was almost ready to embrace that, but sure, I think this is something we can all get used to. But um, it's uh, yeah, it, like it's, so. So I, I don't. I'm trying to understand that 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 side of it. I'm I'm trying to understand the people who are 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 completely against it and, and the the reasons that they're that they're making against it. Um, I think so, it's a, it's a, it's a tra- traditionalist thing. I think right, it's right, the right, same. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I've heard a lot of people say you know they didn't earn that runner, um, but <laughs> again, if both teams are, it's not like the, the the visiting team gets to start with the runner on second and the 
the home team doesn't. So I, I don't really see the argument about earning it. Um, yeah. I, I saw someone mention, oh, I think it was Mike Vaccaro had tweeted, um, perhaps uh, they, they go to a, a point system where teams, or not that they will, but that they, they could go to please people, go to a point system where you, you know, you'd get like they do in hockey, you know, two points for a, or was it three points for a win? And, uh, uh, two for a win, one two for, for a win for a, an, an overtime loss. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's, or, it's two or for the overtime or, win or one for the overtime loss. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not a hockey guy, but uh, I, so, I can't wait. Yeah, so um, so maybe something like that, where where you get two points for a, a win or or a, a one point for for a loss in extra innings. Uh, I don't think people will be happy with that at all. Um, oh no, but, no. Um, perhaps maybe moving it so that the runner starts on first base. You know, I, I, I think there are, there are ways to look at it and perhaps adjust it. Um, I, I would like to, to, to wait the rest of the year and, and see how many people come around to it. Um, I mean, how, how many, how many of us were completely anti uh, replay when it first started and then it kind of became normal. How many of us were, were anti, you know, the automatic uh, intentional walk when, when it happened? I, you know, I, I get those things are, are not as, as well, I would say the, the replay is, is, is pretty visible and, and, and can have a, a pretty big impact on the game. But, uh, you know, I think when you, when you look at it from a, a rational point of view and, and how, uh, how it's not giving one team the supreme advantage and, and it, uh, if anything, is, is adding strategy to the game, uh, you know, I think there are... Uh, Certainly, certainly positives to, to potentially uh, take away from it. And by the way, Eduardo Nunez is in right field for the Mets right now, and uh, that is very weird. But um, yeah, that, that, that's all I have to say on the on the, the, the extra inning rule. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think I think I'm with you. I think I, it's something that we can get used to. Um, it, it'll certainly take some getting used to, but it's uh it's weird. And you, you kind of did turn me on to the the. Uh, the strategy aspects of it. I think that's just, uh, that's just give it a shot. Cool. Yeah. Just give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. I think I have to, um, all right, where, where do your concerns lie with this, you know, pretty much non-existent Mets offense through three games? I, I don't know. I'm not really panicking. Um, yeah, I think I'm with, you, you know, what I, what I mentioned about Porcello, you know, he's only going to, how he's only going to have maybe 10 or 11 more, more shots to, to straighten things out. This season, that's you know you, you can't really say say the same for the hitters. They're going to go out there every day, uh, and they they have more opportunities to turn around. And, and you know we know what these guys can do. Um, you know I don't think any of them forgot how to hit uh, over over the uh, the quarantine. So um, I think it'll happen. I think you know it's going to take a little time for everyone to to get adjusted to um, just the environment that they're playing in. Um, so you know, I, I'm not, I'm not worried now. I mean, teams have gone through three game slumps before. Um, and, you know, the the true talent level of this lineup is, is too great to, um, to to start panicking after after three games. And uh, you know, as long as their pitching at least it keeps them in games, uh, you know, the the offense will have a a shot to uh, to come around. 
Yeah, you would think so. And like you said, there's just so much talent here. I like how Rojas has been kind of tinkering with the batting order. Um, Rosario was up top on Sunday night. Didn't really do much out of there, but he, he's been on a, a nice little tear to start the year. Um, you know, like you said, it's a matter of time. This is It's an offense that's just too uh, – there's, there's too much talent. There's too much power quotient. Um, I think timing – has become a very big uh, hurdle for these guys to clear. Like you said, a very shortened uh, uh, spring training 2.0, summer camp, however you want to say it. Pretty much only facing intra-squad pitchers. There was only a couple of ex- exhibition games. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's – it's. I guess I, I would venture out on a limb to say that uh, the pitchers might have a, a slight advantage right now. Though the, the Braves didn't seem to have that, uh, that disadvantage tonight, the Braves hitters. But um, – yeah, I, I'm. I'm with you. I, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, I think. I think the one thing that I would uh, probably like to see uh, is a, is a more consistent order. Um, okay. You know, I, I don't know how how. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm not a major league baseball player. I can't think in, inside their heads, but I would imagine that um, just you know knowing where you're going to be in the order is is a little. Uh, more comforting uh, and just kind of settling into that spot instead of, um, you know, moving guys up, down and around every which way, uh, you know, probably could allow some guys. I mean, someone like J.D. Davis, who's obviously struggling in the field right now, uh, the, the, the plate is where he needs to kind of jumpstart things to, to get his entire game going. Uh, and some games he's batting seconds. Sometimes he might drop down to fifth or sixth. Um, or, or he might be out of the lineup completely. So um, I, I think just kind of having guys, and like you said, they, they've tinkered with the top as well. Um, I think kind of just settling into a consistent um, consistent order, consistent grouping of things uh, could, could probably benefit uh, just, just the consistency for, for some guys, just, just knowing where they're going to hit. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, you know, in any position, in any spot in baseball i mean look at it look at a bullpen you know without uh I, I think a lot of pitchers would say you know without <laughs> structure um it's very tough to to get focused and stay in a zone i know dennis cook was on the show and he mentioned that and you know you might see a little less of that these days with such fluctuation in how guys are used in bullpens and even down to batting orders and and um, lineups themselves where you see a lot more versatility. Um, you know, that might not be such an important part. Again, I, that would be a question I'd love to ask a player, but, uh, you know, I, I do like the, the versatility, maybe, you know, throw somebody off. And I don't think that, um, I guess I think that maybe Mets and, and Mets fans should tip, tip their caps to, uh, Atlanta's pitchers this weekend, Soroka freed, uh, and Newcomb, who really had very, very uh, iffy control on Sunday night, um, are all three very good pitchers. Uh, the Mets probably could have shown a little more life on Sunday, but, you know, it is what it is. But Soroka and Freed, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll chalk that one up to those are a couple of very, very good young pitchers who are going to be a force for a while. So uh, hopefully Mets head into Boston and can turn things around. Um, oh, and by, and by is, the way, the, the Red Sox pitching situation is is probably even worse than than the Mets right now. So, uh, perfect opportunity for them to kind of beat up on some some bad pitching and and just get their confidence levels back up. Yeah, you would hope so because again, this is a short season and uh, you know a little winning a little losing streak is uh, 
is actually, you know, it's a very big winning streak in the big picture. So let's uh, let's turn this around, get off the schneid. Uh, Jacob, you got anything else? We're, we're still, it's only the eighth inning. It, it's like 10 o'clock. This game started at seven. We got a whole episode in and it's still only <laughs> the bottom of the eighth. It, it's unbelievable. This. These games drag on. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just interested to see how they, how they bounce back from this. Uh, how Luis Rojas bounces back from, from his first bit of adversity as, as Mets manager. So, um, it's going to be interesting, you know, hopefully, um, they, they, they get Brad Brock and Jared Hughes back active soon. They, they returned to the team. They, they had, had not been with the team for the entirety of summer camp. Um, so hopefully they're able to uh, ramp up fairly quickly. I mean, it shouldn't take as much for a, a reliever uh, as it would for a starter. So uh, that's certainly a positive. But, you know, those are guys who uh, – and, and I've seen people on Twitter saying those guys – are not going to help at all, but you know, for, for the role that they're projected to have uh, as just kind of a, a middle, you know, bridge to the the big guys, um, certainly more than suited uh, for that role. So um, if they can get th- those guys back and healthy, it should uh, just enhance the depth of the team. Um, and then we're going to see what happens on uh, on Tuesday, what they're going to do with the uh, the fifth starter spot that that's currently uh, TBD. Um, it was probably going to be Corey Oswald if he uh, wasn't uh, going to be needed or if he wasn't used on, on Sunday, which he was, and he got rocked. So uh, kind of not sure where they're going to uh, going to turn now. David Peterson or Rasmo Ramirez are the, the two options, but neither of those guys are on the 40-man roster, which is currently full. We talked about that in the last episode, how they kind of, you know, probably misread their 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 situation at the – at, over the offseason, and the one guy on the 40-man roster with starting pitching experience in the majors was Steven Gonzalez. He's now on the Red Sox, um, <laughs> claimed claimed off waivers. So um, not really sure where they're going to go. And, you know, a bullpen game is, is on the table, but uh, I don't really know who's best suited to, to open that game. Um, I mean, maybe Seth Lugo can go three to, to, to start, the, start the game, but... Um, you know, it's just kind of ha- going to have to be a, a last minute decision for uh, for this team because they're uh, they're <laughs> they're cutting it pretty close. Well, before that bullpen game, which that's how it seems it's going to be, um, we get Michael Waka, and I'm I'm kind of excited for that considering his uh, his last outing in the inter squad uh, versus his teammates. He 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 did very well. Uh, rave reviews. Um, I'm hoping he can pick up the middle, pick up the slack in the middle of this rotation. Um, while you were speaking, Eduardo Nunez uh, stepped awkwardly onto first, running out a uh, a base hit. I think it was a base hit. I didn't see the end, and he appears to have injured his knee, so he's out. So that's um, the end of his right field tenure, at least for tonight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean <laughs> this. Uh... This is not the team that that can afford to to have depth uh, continue to continue to go down. Um, and I guess uh, turning to Brian Dozier now, if 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 yeah, Nunez, uh, yeah I uh, I don't know, I don't I don't know if that's that's preferable at all. But um, they're they're gonna just have to get things under their own control very quickly because uh, we we've seen how how fast things can can spiral. Uh, out of their control in, in the past. Um, 
but we're, we're, we're reacting to that live. So we'll, the, 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 uh, the listeners will, will know before we do what's, uh, what's going on with Eduardo Munoz. It did, it didn't look great, but, um, yeah, hoping for the best, but Hey, you know, Guillaume is on the roster and so is Jimenez and, uh, next man up, you know, you guys want an opportunity and, uh, want to prove that, you know, you could be here, especially Guillaume who just doesn't get chances. And I'm convinced that if he does on a consistent basis, he's going to be just fine. Oh, look at him. He just came up to bat as we're talking. This is great. Hope he does well here. But, um, you know, the opportunities are there. Um, is it ideal? No, no, no. Of course not. You know, to be honest, neither was Nunez and neither would be Dozier. But, um, you know, there's uh, there's viable options. And um, I, I'm just hoping that uh, this team can embrace it and not, not spiral after just one bad opening weekend. Um, you know, there's positives to be taken away out of uh, out of every situation. I hope that they can and and the fan base can uh, can find him from this weekend and not you know flip out too soon. Tim, this is a completely unrelated Mets uh, unrelated to the Mets question, but I know you're you're a Padres guy. Are you are you buying the uh, the Eric Hosmer breakout? I am. I I, I I you know am I buying it right now? I am. Yes. Am I all in on it? No. Um. I think I'm actually surprised that it took him this long to kind of embrace um, just, I guess, the launch angle aspect of it. But, uh, you know, it, we've we've seen him perform well and we, we've seen the type of player he can be in this league. And I know that he's got a lot of uh, a lot of people who are not fans of him, um, you know, and that's all over the country. That's in San Diego itself. Uh, it's a very expensive contract, but um, I think at his best, he's still an upper echelon player. Um, I think these are all good signs. And uh, as long as he can keep the ball off the ground, which, you know, he's been just as bad as Wilson Ramos with ground balls. And Wilson Ramos is one of the worst in the league as far as ground balls. So um, if he can keep on this, I'm um, I'm certainly encouraged by it. But, uh, yeah, uh, let's give it some time. We, we've seen mirages before. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah, well, um. That's a fun team. I know I don't want to get too much into the Padres because the, the made-up rivalry between the fan bases kind of pisses people off. But um, it, it's, you know, I, I, I do, I'm, I'm enamored by this team. I like Lucchese. He's starting, uh, Lucchese, I'm sorry, uh, starting Monday. So that I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to see how he does. He has flashes. I, I know you've heard me talk about it. That churve, he throws a, a, a curveball with a circle change grip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just absolutely nasty pitch. I love it. But yeah, love his, I'm, love I'm his, encouraged. Yeah, I love his windup too. Interesting guy. Yeah, it's just it's just nice to. It do, doesn't really matter the team. It's it's nice to have have uh, you know 15 games a night and and just just stuff happening and and news to follow. Sometimes it, it's positive, like Eric Hosmer is lifting the ball, and sometimes it's it's negative, like uh, Justin Verlander getting uh, getting injured. But um, you know, certainly fun to. Uh, to, to have have games back and just just you know even when the Mets are struggling you just flip on another game and and, and watch someone else for for a little bit it's uh it's nice I'm sure, I'm sure you can agree oh dude being able to watch MLB Network when I'm up at the ass crack of dawn every day because even on my days off I'm still up at you know by five uh being able to watch you know quick pitch is such a, a just a joy. It's a, it's something that you, you know you don't realize you missed it so much until it's back. And um, we waited a very long time for this, and it's it's great. I'm even enjoying watching the Yankees games. I watched the Yankees this afternoon, and um, you know Giancarlo Stanton's been on an absolute tear this weekend. 
anytime he makes contact, I just perk up in my seat. I don't care what uniform he wears. He's just amazing. Um, yeah, baseball is back. It's such a, it's, it's rewarding, but, um, at the same time, like you've been preaching, it's, it's scary. Um, Miami, Cincinnati, you have little outbreaks that are, um, kind of infiltrating their way into clubhouses. It's terrifying, but, um, you know, everyone's kind of on the same level playing fields. Michael Conforto put it best. You know, the team that stays healthy is going to be the team that wins games. So uh, this is up to the players to to kind of do the right thing. Um, <laughs> we don't want to see any, uh, I guess, I don't know if you saw Lou Williams from the Atlanta Hawks. Um, he has to go yeah. to a 10-day quarantine because he went to the club to get food. Which, one, who goes to the club to get food? But anyway, um, you know, it's going to be up to the players to kind of, you know, commit themselves. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, the Mets are, are well suited for that. Looks like they have a uh, a good core. Um, <laughs> apparently they're all Call of Duty. They play Call of Duty after the game. So, um, you know, looks like they're, they're bonding. And you got to hope that that's one of the advantages. Yeah, you, you you would hope so. Uh, they probably don't have have much else to do in those hotel rooms on the road. So, um, yeah, just just kind of gonna be that 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 wait and see mentality. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, absolutely. But, but uh, all right, I think we uh, I think we touched on all our bases for tonight. Um, Jacob, just we're gonna be keeping an eye out for uh, for more mesmerized stuff. You got any features coming out? Uh, not on the docket as of yet. I've got some ideas working in my brain. Um, <laughs> perhaps centered around a one Brandon Nimmo. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that develops over the course of the week. But, um, you know, I, I'm sure there will be some, <laughs> some bit of breaking news that, that pops up over the next couple of days. These are the Mets. There's always something, man. All Absolutely. right. Well, Yeah. All right, everybody. Um, we'll be back later in the week. I believe Zach Braziller from the New York Post is going to be with us. That should be fun. Um, you know, let's go Mets. Let's not uh, let's not freak out. We have a lot of uh, well, not a lot of time left, but enough time left to make to make some waves. Let's go Mets, baby. See you guys next time.